Welcome to Sunday Chats 969, the podcast where you can listen back to interviews that were first broadcast on All FM 96.9. We are an award-winning community radio station based in Manchester. And on today's show, my final episode before Christmas, my special guest has been the fantastic Jas Horthy. He's an author, first he was a blogger and he's also a podcaster. And we had Jas live in the studio to celebrate the release of his new book, The Indie Author, that was first an e-book coming out in physical copy. So Jas came physically to the studio. It's a bonus episode, so there is two parts to this, and this is part one. Enjoy. My special guest live in the studio is the fantastic author and podcaster, Jas Horthy. Nice to have you on the show, Jas. Lovely to be here. Thanks for having me. You are actually our first guest that's made such a trek to be in the studio. (laughs) (laughs) You have come directly from Spain via... London, is it? That's right, yeah. Just to be here today, and I am so um, appreciative of that. You've written an amazing book, The Indie Author, and I'm looking forward to talking about that book all this afternoon with you. What's been your best part of this journey, do you think? Because it has been a journey, hasn't it? (laughs) In more ways than one, yeah. From Spain to here, and the best part of the journey... (sighs) I just there's been lots of different moments but I just think each part of it it's taken me it's taken me longer than I expected mm. I know uh, I know folks who've written books and I always thought oh it'd be very simple not simple but you know methodical yeah you can plan timeline the timeline went out of the window and of um, just every part of it came with Rewards, yeah, and, and um, it—it's been one of the most amazing things I've done, but yeah. also one of the most difficult things I've done. I can uh, believe that. I mean, t- to actually decide to be an author is a—it's a mammoth task, isn't it? It's one of these things where so many people feel that they've got a book inside them, but it stays inside them literally does stay inside them and we've got you on today to celebrate the fact that your physical copy of the indie author is now um available for people to to buy and it's 50 heartfelt contributions from all self-published authors isn't it it is yeah i am the way the way i i guess i learn and i'm inspired is by hearing other people's stories Mm. and so um yeah i initially I started a blog hmm. where I thought, you know what, let me interview people who've done what I've done, um, but who yeah. I can relate to. Okay, yeah. And, um, yeah, I, I soon realised that, because I was running another blog at the time, I was like, two blogs is pretty tough going. I mm. think this can be a book. This was, uh, yeah, a little over three years ago now that I started interviewing people. And, yeah. Wow. Three three years and more than a thousand days later, here we are, finally finished. Here we are, and I do feel that it's a big celebration because at the very beginning of the book, one of the things that I like about it is you're not just interviewing these authors, you kind of put 
the reader in the perspective of where you came from, where you decided that, you know, there is more to the, the daily, daily ins and outs of life than just going through this, I want to embark on something else. And that was actually in a December, wasn't it, of 2014? It was in a December, and it was yourself that pointed that out <laughs> to me when we were you know, going back and forth yeah. um, in recent weeks. It was in a December. Um, I still remember it pretty clearly, actually. Uh, I was I was working in the city. I'd been working in the city for five years. I thought I'd survive a lot more years than five years before I'd have my midlife crisis and then end up mm. doing what I was really passionate about. And uh, yeah, I had, I had quite a good year financially. I got employee of the year. Everyone around me was having a great time. And I remember just thinking, hold on a second, Jazz. Everyone else is loving life, mm -hmm. drinking, getting smashed and you're just sat here feeling a little bit empty. And I think it had been building to be fair, but I knew in that moment that, I knew in that moment that my time was coming to an end. Right, and at that particular place that you were working. At that particular place I was working, um, I knew I wasn't gonna be there forever, but I knew in that moment at that Christmas party, I left early, I didn't tell anyone, I snuck out. Wow, okay. I, I walked past, uh, she's like in the city, in the in the city of London, in the heart of the city. I walked back to Bank Station. Right. Um, which was it's in the heart of like the financial center of the city, if you like. Mm. And I was like, I'm not sure exactly what I'm gonna do next, but yeah, something's gotta change now. It's my time. And that's quite interesting, I think, because, you know, we're all aspiring to this amazing success, aren't we, in life? You know, oh, I think many people would think, if only I could make it big in the city, that money, that acclaim, and, you know, there you are at the, the end of Christmas, you've got to where you are expected to want to be, and yet you're feeling a bit soulless uh, at the end of it. Did you imagine that you'd feel like that? It, was it kind of did, did you always feel that you were going down this this path of what other people view to be successful or did, did you think that this was going to make you happy to to get the the acclaim at that time and only all of a sudden realize that it you know that it wouldn't make you happy? that's a good that's a good question i knew a few so i was in recruitment five years at t two firms so right. five years in total I knew a few weeks into starting in recruitment that that wasn't it for me. Mm. I'd come off the back of dropping out twice of university. Okay. And jazz, you need you need to stick at something. You need some stability. Mm. Was and that was that your voice echoing back at you, or was it the voice of the, those around you? Other voices. <laughs> right. Other voices oh, okay. of people around me. Yeah. Now, in to be honest. Recruitment in a lot of ways, and that's what I was doing, recruitment. In, in a lot of ways, if you could match me with anything, it wouldn't be the right match for lots of reasons. Right, okay. In other ways, it brought out things in me I didn't know I had. Hmm. And I proved, I pro I, yeah, I proved a point to my, I proved, I think I proved a point to myself, to, to others around me to an extent, but I learned, um, 
Yeah, I, I learned a lot about myself, and, and the, the, the biggest part I got from that, which kind of still correlates to me and my life in the here and now, is the people I met and the connect and the connections I made. Yeah. That's exactly what I was imagining, Jas. I was like, I can see how he fits recruitment. I can see how Jas would fit re- recruitment because he's such a, a people person. So I can, I can totally get where, where that bit comes in, but I guess it's it's all the other aspects or something like that. Yeah, it was... Um, it was... In, in, the, in the financial sector... Sure. And I don't like to make generalisations, mm. but this is just my experience, how I felt. Mm. I was moving someone from a job to a similar job yeah. for a little bit more money. Right, yeah. And I didn't understand... There wasn't meaning and purpose in that for me. Yeah. Where, where my favourite moments from recruitment came was where I'd be meeting ex-candidate or ex-client you, you know you're matching the two together mm. and I you talk about everything under the sun yeah or if, you, if you're me you do and then you get to the end five minutes from the end of your meeting and you're thinking oh man I guess we'd better talk about this job that you're hiring for because <laughs> I just I know yeah. everything about your kids I know everything about your life mm. and your hopes and dreams um but yeah one of the reasons I think I did quite well so to speak was um because of your personality, I think I was just quite yeah. curious about about people, and people um, people appreciate that. Yeah, but I think that's a quality that's really shining through from your book, the indie author, because you know that gave you the opportunity to to dive in deep with fifty people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, um, it definitely appealed to my um, in- inquisitive slash. Uh, uh, nosy manner, depending on which way you look at it, mm. um, and um, yeah, it kind of. I, I, w- I was asking the questions that I think I I I was really wanting to know. Having at that that time, I think I was still wanting to find. I mean, in the in the process of releasing this book, I've become an author. But yeah. I've I've now want, I wanted to ask questions that I wanted to know that would help me become an author. Sure. So I was kind of answering my really yeah answering my own questions and and you know in a lot of ways these other people around me who'd um, who I'd seen had done what I wanted to do. Mm. I was wanting to learn from them, but also like I'm I'm, I'm sure there's other people around me who want to know these answers who are also struggling to write a book because it's no mean feat um but anyone can do it so of course i think that's why it's so important that we talk about your book and and that you're here because when we first spoke and, and yes dear listen we've actually spoken to, to jazz um before it was more or less during lockdown or in between lockdowns one of mm. the things that i remember from from that conversation was thinking this is the the book that he wished was there for him kind of thing he's ended up writing the book that he wished was available and it's a bit of a game-changing book really because there's lots of different ways that this book can be read it can be read from the um viewpoints of let's just dive in and, and read 50 different stories of creative people and how they've made it and how they've um published their books or it can be read as a, as a handbook on on how to get more into this industry can't it so it's kind of um it's interchangeable how it can actually be read yeah and um I 
I, I see it. Yeah, and uh, you've you've described it, you know, really wonderfully. I, I appreciate that. It's I quite thoughtfully wanted to include stories of people from different continents who'd written for different genres, and whether it's someone in their twenties who's a student at uni. Mm. Um, or it's someone, you know, in their 50s, 60s with young kids, grown-up kids. Yeah. Uh, there's, there are stories in this for everyone and it, there, there are stories that will speak to you wherever you're at to mm. kind of nudge you along. That's the idea. And we will talk more about your book um, very shortly. But what I always like to do when I get guests in the studio is get them in um, rehearsal for Desert Island Discs. <laughs> And it's, it's, it's one of the favourite parts, I think, for, for people to, you know, choose some songs that mean something to them or maybe they just, you know, they just like to hear them when they're writing or something. So you've um, chosen a selection of songs. We're going to play as many as we can. But what shall we start off with? First of all, I will concur. This was so fun. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, ah, oh, yeah. So I, I, this was amazing. Whittling down to a few wasn't easy. <laughs> Um, but let's start with, um, can we start with I'm Coming Home? Have you got that one, P. Diddy? Yeah, let me find it for you now. Okay, we'll start with this. Okay, enjoy. I'm coming home, I'm coming home, tell the world I away all the pain of yesterday I know my kingdom awaits and they've forgiven my mistakes I'm coming home I'm coming home tell the world I'm coming I'm back where I belong yeah I never felt so yeah. strong and I'm back baby. I'm feeling like there's nothing that I can't try and if you with me, put yeah. your hands high. Your hands high. Yeah. I've lost a life before. Hey. This one is for you. Me, put your hands high. Dreams are filled with rock. I'll be on the floor. I hear the tears of a clown. Uh, I hate that song. I always feel like they're talking to me when it comes on. Come on. Another day, another dawn. Another Keisha, nice to meet you, get the math, I'm gone What am I supposed to do in the club lights? Come on, it's easy to be pumped, but it's harder to be shown What if my twins ask why I ain't married a mom? Why? Damn, how do I respond? What if my son stares with a face like my own And says he wants to be like me when he's grown? Shit, but I ain't finished grown Another night that never will grow long Another day, another dawn Come on. Just tell Keisha and Teresa I'll be better in the morning Another life that I carry on I need to get back to the place I was long ago I'm coming home Check this out. 
A house is not a home, I hate this song Is a house really a home when your loved ones is gone? And niggas got the nerve to blame you for it And you know you would've took the bullet if you saw it But you felt it, and still feel it And money can't make up for it, or conceal it What you deal with, and you keep ballin' That's why some little playboy, and we keep ballin' Baby, we've been living in sin Cause we've been really in love But we've been living as friends So you've been a guest in your own home It's time to make your house your home Pick up the phone I'm coming home I'm coming home Tell the world that I'm coming Stopping us now, I love that song Whenever it comes on, it makes me feel strong I thought I told y'all that we won't stop So we back cruising through Harlem These old blocks is what made me, saved me Drove me crazy, drove me away Then embraced me, forgave me For all of my shortcomings, welcome to my homecoming Yeah, it's been a long time coming A lot of fights, a lot of scars, a lot of bottles, a lot of cars A lot of ups, a lot of downs, made it back, lost my dog miss you, baby. here I stand, here I stand Better man. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm That was P. Diddy there <clears throat> with I'm Coming Home. And and Jas Hothi, my special guest live in the studio, he's just ba- back home for, for Christmas for, for a little while, aren't you? I'm back home for Christmas. Uh, yeah. Enjoying the cold weather. <laughs> uh, to be fair, I do love Christmas. Yeah. Um, quality time with the family. Mm. Um, I've had the opportunity this weekend to spend some time with um, uh, my cousins, and uh, auntie and uncle who you know as you get older you don't really get to come from like a big uh, big Indian family yeah Um, so yeah some quality time some Christmas Christmas uh, Christmas vibes and then you know who knows January I'm planning to to head off somewhere else don't know where yet but I, I was like, oh my God, Jess is coming back to the UK on the worst weather week of the entire year, maybe. <laughs> Potentially. And, uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot going on in the UK at the moment. Mm. I was in like my little Spanish bubble and you're hearing, oh, new prime minister. Yeah. And, oh, uh, you over there when that was going on then? Oh, yeah. So for, for all the prime ministers or just the last just one? A lo- well, yeah. So I went away end of September and then, yeah, there's a new prime minister and obviously just there's a lot going on in the world at the moment. So yeah. I was in a bit of a Spanish bubble. Um, but, no, nah, the UK... Uh, the, I, the UK the UK feels like my home at this moment in time. Yeah. Um, I do love the UK. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's what you get used to. Um, yeah. You need a contrast, though, sometimes, don't you, as well? It's like, it's, sometimes I feel that in order to appreciate the UK, maybe you do have to go away... <laughs> I would, yeah, I would agree that with some with some space and some distance, you come back and you're like, yeah, I like Christmas. I like that. Yeah, it's nice to be here. Mm-hmm. I think um, I like I like the sun. I like the summer. I'm definitely um, 
you know, um, yeah, I'm someone who's made for made for the warm weather. Uh, mm. I, I, they, they took, you know, you talk about seasonal affective disorder. Yeah. And you know, I, I definitely, I like. I like light and I like warmth. Yeah. Um, yeah, prolonged winters and lots, like, long, long... It's not, it's not doing do, any good for it you. It doesn't... It's not my favourite thing in the world, let's put it that way. In terms of your book, The, the Indie Author, one of the things that I found really interesting about it is you, you've not just stuck with UK authors, it's got authors from all over the world. Mm-hmm. Lots of different perspectives there. Was that a conscious decision that if you're going to do a book like this, you're going to make sure that you include a, a variety of um, locations, males and females, or did it just kind of come about more organically? Yeah, I guess a, a little bit of both. Um, I, I was really aware. Well, I was. I, I guess I was wanting different perspectives and and you know different genres and you know that sort of thing. And, mm. Like I say, I'm quite curious. So I'm I'm curious about different all different kinds of people and books and all this sort of thing. And then because um, I've been blogging for a few years now, so pretty much from the time when um, I left the city, that's when I started. uh, I started writing, journaling, Mm -hmm. blogging, um, and then yeah, just through through blogging, through Twitter, I got to know people. And then before, yeah, before I knew it, just through through connecting to other people through their blogs, and um, you know, eventually started a podcast. Yeah, I just got to know I got to know people, and so a, a lot of the people I interviewed were people I kind of either knew already through the the right. online world, or, yeah. or people who knew people. Okay. Um, and a few of those I kind of you know had to had to seek out who I hadn't yet had a connection with. Mm. Um, but yeah, a little bit of both, consciously and kind of organically as well. And we, we are like turning the tables on, on you today. You're usually the one doing the interviewing. We've had lots of uh, different podcasts I've been watching because you're a YouTuber as well. But I think we can call you a YouTuber, can't we, as well, really? Because, you know, you've you got a lot. You can call me wherever you want. But yeah, I've done, I've, I've done some videos that on YouTube. Yeah. So you've done lots of, of different interviews. Now we're turning the tables and, and we are interviewing you. But I'm just like wondering, uh, how easy is it for these authors to open up about the whole experience was was it quite easy for them or do you feel that you had to kind of coax the the actual information because one of the things that I've kind of like been coming across is that people sometimes are almost coming out as an author if that makes sense mm-hmm. it's like they you know that they worry about what people are going to think about it mm-hmm. sometimes that they, they want to hide behind different names and stuff like that so, so how difficult was it for you to actually get people to talk openly about the pros especially because within this book you touch on difficulties that people have had as well mm-hmm. you know and how because how, because it's honest interviews and you know like how, how difficult was that to, to actually get the the honest interview that makes sense yeah so that's a that's a brilliant question and you may or may not be surprised by the answer that I give let me explain I I um I conducted these interviews completely over email oh really oh wow okay um yeah right writers I wanted to I wanted to meet I wanted to meet these authors where they were at and um the beauty of conducting them over email um, was, I guess, for me, conducting multiple interviews logistically made it more manageable. Okay. But also for those I was interviewing, 
they could give it some time and thought and they were they could express themselves and their stories through writing the medium wow. they felt comfortable with that's amazing and, and you know i didn't realize that that was the medium that you'd it is, but it makes sense now, looking back on what I've read. It makes sense because they, they are so in-depth and in a certain kind of way, I can see how you have kind of like held that space for them. So did, was it like back and forth for each question or was it done like a, a questionnaire? Uh, yeah, so this it's it started out, I, I thought of some questions and then I started sending them across and then I got some responses and I thought, oh, there's some other questions that have emerged from these answers. Very interesting that you actually went in on that, that depth then. So this is where, you know, in the book, there are some core questions that were asked, mm. but there are also some kind of uh, more specific questions asked in uh, off the back of what was shared with me. So there was some back and forth as well as the, right. the, the core questions, which so it really was uh, an evolution. And this whole book has been an evolution because it started off as just a blog, didn't it? It did, yeah. Did you used to interview on your blog as well then, or was it differently then? Yeah, it was It was written for a very short time. It was a blog. Um, I think I, d I just published a handful of interviews on that blog, which still exists, actually. Okay. Oh, um, oh let, let listeners know what... what um What's your handle for, for that particular blog? So that particular blog, um, you, you'll find at uh, indie, I-N-D-I-E, dot mm. substack dot com. Okay. So it's not currently live or active, but you can see actually the inception of this project because some of the early interviews were there. And that That's includes very interesting, in yeah. Some of the interviews that are included in the book and others w w which weren't for, for whatever reason. Okay. Um, and then, uh, yeah, very quickly, because I, I, I was running another blog at the time, um, and it just, it, 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 it seemed, I got the sense early on that this had the potential to become a book, and it mm. felt more manageable to me for it to be a book rather than uh, give myself the, because um, it was a, it was a, it was an interview a week, and that that sounds quite manageable, but actually, in amongst everything else I was doing and going back and forth, I was like, nah, something was something was telling me that this needed to this needed to be a book. So uh, yeah, that's the direction I took pretty early on. That's amazing. I think uh, as well, a question that I always like to ask authors is how early was it that you realised that you wanted to write a book? I mean, I know that you... I feel like this book found you, in, in a way. This is the book that found you and said, please write me, in a sense, <laughs> you know? But w was what was the book that you always wanted to write, you think? Hmm. Did you think that there was a book, or was it just that this, this called to you to actually be a book? That's a fantastic question. I think, I think yeah... This did call to me. I think there's not... I, I knew... I think there were always... I think I always wanted to write stories. Hmm, okay. I loved, I loved writing stories as a kid. Um, fiction or non-fiction? Because that's, that's a big topic in your book as well. But for you personally, I'm just like, was it fiction or non-fiction? <laughs> as a kid, it was... So we're talking primary and, and early part of, of secondary school. Um... Fiction. It was always like mystery stories, like short stories. Okay. And then when I was, um, 
I'm trying to, I'm always trying to remember, maybe 10, 11, whenever mm. the first two Toy Stories were out. Okay, yeah. And I started writing a Toy Story 3. Really? Which I was going to submit to um, the studio uh, for them to create uh yeah my 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 toy story three so you were always thinking big then i was apparently so so i think um yeah part of me a part of me wanted to write that and then you know before you know it you know other, at school you got to decide subjects and i and I, I chose the more sensible ones um yeah. the, the more maths sciencey ones mm-hmm. and my my writing my creative life it took it took a pause for the best part of ten years mm. until I were to leave the city and and start writing again. And that's a big topic in itself that I want to kind of touch on. That the whole idea of you know we're so creative as children, and then it's almost knocked out of us in in a way. <laughs> Yeah, because um, it's a theme that reoccurs uh, through the book. So, so we definitely need to um, get back to this because I think it's it's one of the things that keeps people lost for decades. If I, you know, if I'm honest, decades. There are there, for so many. Yeah, there are so many. I mean, there are so many things I could say about education, but yeah, in the context of the book and the stories. And just people I've spoken to, you know, for the book, outside of the book, <clears throat> so many, there were, you know, either you kind of hear stories of people who, you know, like me, took the sensible path, mm. or, you know, creativity wasn't encouraged, yeah. or, or there was a comment by someone in a, in a, in a, in a position of trust or authority whether it was a primary right. caregiver, like a parent or a step-parent, okay. or a teacher at school, mm. who might have said something not ill-intended, maybe something in passing, but... Um, it stays. It stays. Yeah. It, and it it really does stay. And um, it's one of the many reasons why, at any age, but as an adult, there is... It affects you, and it it, um, it leads to one of the yeah one of the many hurdles, emotional hurdles, which you know I, I experienced myself putting this book together that um that that hold that hold that hold us back that you know creativity isn't encouraged. It, it, it's like we live in a world where things are going to be rational and tangible and have clear mm. um, measurable outcomes, mm. and and writing or any form of creativity isn't tangible isn't measurable but but the the benefits are so deep on like an emotional and a soul level on a on a on a mental health level yeah um and i speak from personal experience um Mm. yeah so many so many uh, writers in this book shared um comments that were made or you know early life they loved writing they loved creating yeah and then they left it behind for one reason or another Mm. I found that one of the most interesting um, questions that y- you asked each author. What was your earliest memory of uh, of writing? When did you know that you wanted to, to write? And uh, that, to me, was a pattern that kept showing up, the fact that they, so many of them were kind of putting that to, to one side and then 
it's, it's a calling in a way, isn't it? To be a writer, it's a kind of a calling, isn't it? That if you if you keep uh, ignoring, it will manifest itself as, as something else. Um, to, be, to be depressed is actually... To, to be depressed, as in, like, pressed inwards, and um, I, I found that was a strong theme. Yeah, it's... Um, it's... You know, people talk about you know, you know, depression. I love that. You know, well, what you said. You know, depressed, mm-hmm. or even you know, an- an- anxiety. Um, and I will, I will say, I, I, I do, I have a master's in positive psychology, but I'm not like a mental health professional. So this mm. is just my own opinion, expression, if you like. But for me, in a lot of ways, anxiety is um, a suppression of emotions. Yeah. And writing is a way of really connecting with emotions and on a soul level and, yes. and allowing, or in a lot of cases, re-allowing yeah. that expression of emotions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another reason why it's so important that, that you've written this book, because I think, you know, you'll have listeners, there's so many people that kind of like say to me, oh, I'd, I'd like to write a book. Oh, I've got a book in me somewhere, but, you know, n- never mind. Uh, you, you know, and, and this is like, yes, this is important. So thank you for writing <laughs> this book and, you know, all the conversations that you've created as well. It's, yeah, it's been a, it's been a journey. <laughs> been a real journey but yeah. i but i quite literally I, as I, well I, I, I yeah I, I i appreciate your 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 saying thanks and i also appreciate your your you know your 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 interest um and you know i can tell that uh you know you're you're someone who's got create who's creatively minded creatively hearted and can really yeah resonate and connect with this so mm-hmm. you know that that that's that's why i was i was quite happy to to venture as far as i have done to have this conversation with you Ruth. wonderful and we'll talk a bit more about what's made me so kind of uh, interested in, in in what you do i mean one of the big reasons is here we are in an old-fashioned victorian building that used to be a library so you know it's it's a great place to talk about authors and books isn't it it's pretty cool <laughs> i feel very at home and uh yeah it's a, it's I, I couldn't think of a more apt setting to have yes. this conversation with you. <laughs> exactly so on with the music want to make sure that i uh, get some more of your choices in what shall we have next uh random go just click click whatever's calling to oh okay I'll, I'll pick what we were chatting about then this is Dershan from Bend It Like Beckham because it is the World Cup and we had a massive conversation about should we or shouldn't we <laughs> <laughs> do a show on, on the World Cup but I think, it, I think it's turned out okay actually it's been perfect <laughs>
choice from my special guest live in the studio is the fantastic um, Jas Hoti. He's an independent author, he's a podcaster, you're a writing coach as well, aren't you, Jas? That's, yeah, that's, that's uh, I've worn a few different hats and, uh, yeah, write for me, writing, helping others write, um, yeah, I've got a I've got a deep connection with writing. One of the reasons that I really wanted to interview you way back in it was only 2021. This has been like a year's journey yeah. in, in a sense. Yeah. Is I, I saw that you were putting this book together. You were interviewing all these authors. I thought this is just like what what I'm doing um, with the radio show since lockdown. Um, during lockdown, you met my co-host just a little bit before Natalie. Um, we used to do shows together before covid struck i mainly used to like play music and talk about things that were going on in the news and um talk about astrology as well (laughs) but during covid i thought that i would start to interview more people we used to have people in that were just kind of like regular people that were doing events and stuff like that but i thought what i really want to put a focus on is interviewing more authors because my very first guest was actually an author and um, one of my best friends who's an, is an author and I, I really enjoyed interviewing her about her book and I thought I want to do more of this so when lockdown happened I thought I'm, I'm going to find the people that are writing books because reading books became more popular didn't it during lockdown yeah I think um, lockdown gave rise to lots of lots of opp- lots of opportunity um lots of change and uh yeah i think uh allow for people to read more books and uh, mm. also l- look at screens more and i think a lot some people realized actually 
just having a bit of an escape or mm. reading a book um, is feel, can sometimes feel a little bit nicer than you know switching between uh, feeds and news and um, kind of anxiety inducing stuff it is definitely escapism I enjoy proper books actually and that's why I'm so excited that you have got your physical book out because I, I love to get a, a physical book in my hand I love e-books, I love the immediacy of an e-book, you know if I hear about an amazing book and I just want to download it there and then, I love that that is something that's available to us all now but I think nothing beats like having an actual book in your hand and it's more relaxing in a way as well, you know, just to not have the screen and, and stuff. So that's one of the reasons why I'm so happy that you do have your physical book out. But I was just wondering, um, like going back to the, the lockdown era and everything, how, how was that for you? How did you find your um, communications with authors went around that time? Because it was before then that you actually started this project, wasn't it? But it continued during the, the pandemic. That's right. Yeah, um, yeah. It was a few. It was a. I'm trying to think. What we twenty twenty two. So yeah, twenty nineteen was when I started this, and then the pandemic was early part of twenty twenty. Mm. March, April. Mm. Um, how was the pandemic? Yeah, it's um, like I say for this project, it was all over email, so it didn't it didn't change. Okay. Um, yeah, at that time I was I was running um, uh, a, a blog that then became a blog and a podcast for creative introverts. Um, and uh, yeah, again at that time those interviews were were carried out um, over over Zoom. Um, yep. So yeah. well, Zoom something you were implementing then anyway before Zoom was a thing because I know that <laughs> Zoom was going on for for a good while before that, but it was only just at that point, wasn't it? Yeah, it got um, yeah. The, I mean, the pandemic made Zoom. I think the usage went went through the roof. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I, I was using Zoom already to to conduct um, interviews, and at that time I was also doing some. Um, I was doing some tutoring work, but yeah, no. Come to think of it, that tutoring was in person. So, so the pandemic enabled that to then go okay. to video, so to speak, um, and allow me to work remotely doing that tutoring work at the time. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I guess I was accustomed to using Zoom already, so yeah. to speak, before before the pandemic happened. Mm. In terms of your, your authors, though, did you come across more people that were just in, embarking on the idea that they wanted to, to to write their first book, maybe because it was the, the lockdown, that they were starting to, to admit that they, they always enjoyed writing? Because I feel as if there was kind of... Um, a bit of a creative revolution during that time. I, I feel that in some ways it's it's something that's said maybe more so in, in the spiritual or maybe even in the more woo-woo kind of sense, but certain things have, uh, have happened that have almost... Um, created the, the outlet for more creativity it's almost like as if it's our, our, our collective sense of this rat race is too much that in some ways caused the, the pandemic I know that it didn't cause it in terms of you know the actual virus but kind of the, the consciousness that went with it do, do you get what I mean by that it's like a, as if now this was our opportunity you know if we were well yeah, I think there was a bit of a, a bit of a, I agree with that. There's a bit of a perfect storm. And yeah, I kind of see it as the pandemic was like a, allow people to slow down. Mm. Um, and 
I think also when you when you it was kind of like a, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of, you know, someone in a, I'm just going to share the first thing that's coming to mind. Someone in like a, when someone goes into, goes into shock or is in a stressful situation, mm. you're, you're like shaking them saying, look, you're going to, I think that this pandemic shook a lot of people up for them to realize mm. uh, what it, well, what it was that mattered or start to question what it was that mattered. Um, and yeah. uh, at the same time, in the, the, the age that we live in, <clears throat> there's a lot of opportunity. Um, there's a lot of opportunity. Anyone can write words, hit publish on a, on a, on a blog, mm -hmm. um, or indeed, um, yeah, in, 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 in a book, you know, for me, um, Again, it speaks to the, I guess, the kind of organic journey I've been on with my writing and, and, and my publishing. For me, um, blogging, for me, publishing, I realized, I, I kind of thought, you know, I've been self-publishing already. To have a blog, to write words and to hit publish is yeah, self-publishing. that was actually publishing, yeah. People yeah. don't, don't realise it, do they? You, you're an author, in a sense, or a writer, at least, as, as soon as you, you're kind of hitting publish on a on a blog exactly that so I, and then you know you, you add a few more uh blog posts or chapters or you know this terminology mm. you've got a book and you've self-published a book so you know anyone anyone can do it but as i say there's a it's about giving ourselves the permission to um uh to do so but yeah i'm, I'm, I'm super i'm super passionate about self-publishing and you know as you say it's a lot of people kind of who are creatively um, awoken during during the pandemic time, which has which has been great. Because one of the reasons that I brought that up, Jess, is I, I feel as if you had your awakening there in in 2014, and it was almost the awakening that people didn't have till the pandemic. You know, if that makes sense, it's like most people get stuck in the rat race of suppressing themselves. In a sense, they they just don't even take the time to think. You know, obviously there's the economic situation now, and everyone's always got the the economic side of things going on but many people just completely go with what society feels is expected uh, of them and they kind of almost completely put themselves to, to one side until a big thing like the pandemics happened and then it's like you know oh who is me I can't go to work so who's the real me kind of thing yeah I mean I think um I think everyone's on their own journey and, and yeah. you know, there's, there's timing for everyone. I was like, I was like 20, 24, 25 when this, when this happened for me. Hmm. Um, and yeah, at the time, I, you know, I thought, wow, this is pretty young. I thought, you know, I'd be at least 35, 40, uh, you know, before I have my midlife crisis and you hmm. know, I was... Uh, quarter life crisis has now become a phrase that's that's yeah. out there but um i think i think it happens it happens or it doesn't happen in the right timing um and yeah. everyone's on their own journey but yeah the pandemic was like this huge event which shook people up and uh, yeah for whatever reason i was uh, you know I, I was shaken up when i was back in 2014 but again it was meant to happen in the right timing so whether it's then or yeah. now or in the future, it's everyone. Everyone's on their own journey. Everything happens at the right timing. Because it, it took you then from that that point of realization. I think another big question that 
was on my mind about this was how long did it take you from from that point of realization to actually um, activating a, a plan in action for how you were you know you were going to try and make yourself feel make your soul feel more enlivened again kind of thing how long did that kind of take from what was it a case of yeah it first came to you and that Christmas party but then come January you went back to everything or did you put like a, a plan in action and start writing down your thoughts or publishing stuff for people to read yeah so what so what happened uh, yeah I guess um, I started writing and publishing things I think around June May June time um, shortly after leaving my job so what happened mm. between that December mm. and leaving my job was a couple of things uh, and one of those was um, again everything happens for a reason I had recruitment sales is all about pipeline so you've got yeah. people interviewing for and it, obviously if they then get jobs um, the company makes a fee you know you make money um, I had a huge potential pipeline going into the start of that year. Right. That could have been record-breaking. Okay. So just to put that into perspective, I mm. could have, it was it was going to be huge. Um, and ev everything fell through. So I was wow. at zero. And this for me was... How, how did that actually feel? I guess, you, you know, obviously that in itself could feel soul-destroying for that, that particular company and your role within that mm. company. Or was it almost a mini-celebration? Blessing in disguise. <laughs> yeah. Because I think I might have still left. It would have made it harder for me to walk away from potentially... Because how it works is they'll, mm. they'll pay you... A, I, I might, yeah, I might have lost out on money, and uh, for me, that was another nudge on the shoulder to be like, yeah, okay. you're, 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 you're not you're supposed to be here. Else, yeah. so, so actually, I was uh, quietly like, okay, um, yeah, you know, God, the universe is trying to tell me something here. Mm. And then I remember I went away for a week in February um, with my parents <clears throat> on holiday. And I had some space there, and I was doing like Headspace on the Headspace app. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, things was. I, this was actually might have been when I first, I was started. I started journaling actually, and I just started writing things down um, for myself. Mm. And uh, yeah, I'd, I'd got in the months preceding. I'd got really. I was always reading. So I, I said as a kid, it was always fiction, and then from the age of seventeen, eighteen onwards, it was self-help and psychology. Yeah. And I stumbled yeah. across positive psychology, and then I ended up, yeah, basically putting together a plan, which was you're going to apply for this master's. So I dropped out of uni, don't have a bachelor's. You're going to apply for this master's in positive psychology, and that's going to give you your year to study and also just try and. Oh wow! Start figuring things out. So, so it's kind of like um, building up your mindset at the same time, kind of thing. Learning and building up your mindset at the same time, kind of uh, simultaneously. For me, yeah, it was like uh, my my thing to do is yeah. going to be that masters, uh, and around that, I'll uh, yeah try and figure out what I want to, who I am, and what I want to do with my life. And then mm. I think yeah, that summer, I think it was May, the day I had the official written confirmation that I'd been accepted onto that master's program I handed him a notice oh wow so that was a very smooth transition really wasn't it it sounds smoother than it was <laughs> but yeah at, at that time I, that was kind of my the master's was if you like my 
my safety blanket. I, I, I didn't then feel brave enough for myself, but also to justify to the people around me, oh, yeah. I'm just quitting my job. Mum and dad, you know, you've witnessed me drop out of two university degrees and now I'm... So I was like, okay, you, maybe you need to have something to do. Yeah. But also positive psychology was something, you know... Science of happiness, I guess it was, also for me to understand okay. myself and uh, yeah. Yeah, how to be happy. How useful. to be happy? It's a very big question, that is isn't a huge, it? <laughs> that's a huge question. I'm still continuing to discover it, but yeah, it's uh, it's been fun. It was like uh, talking about like the people around you and stuff like that. I think there's always this kind of battle that goes on between: I, I, am I happy if I'm just happy for myself, or am I only going to be happy if the people around me are expressing that they're happy with me? Kind of thing. You know, that's a massive question. So. In in terms of the people around you, your family and, and, and stuff like that, were they happy with the direction that, that, you, that you took then? Or did they say, you know, stay at that corporate and you know that you can do it, so stay with it? Or were they, were, were they happy? That, and, and are they happy? I think you've got like a very supportive family ar- around you now. So were they happy at first, though, for you to make that change, do you think? They were... They've all, they want, always wanted what's best for me. Yeah. But my chop, chopping and changing and unpredictability of my journey hmm. hasn't been easy on them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love them to bits and they love me to bits. Yeah. And actually I wrote, in, so in the acknowledgement section of the book, I write a little bit about you know, yeah. my, my family and there's a little bit there about you know um, them and, and their support but um, I, th- I think I mean they've wanted, always wanted what's best for me I think um, after after shortly after the masters I ended up I took a my mental health took a bit of a turn and so they, they've witnessed me and it was my mum who noticed that I was low she got me to see someone right. and um yeah, I think they've ultimately they they just want me to be well and happy, and mm. even if they've not necessarily understood, mm. uh, you know, why why is Jasrad needing to needing to change? I mean, you know, why is he? Mm. Cause I think every, I think every parent just wants their kid to be happy. Yeah. Um, and my my family have been have been amazing. My parents and my brother have been so, as supportive as they can be, but. Yeah, they, they they don't necessarily understand everything I've done, um, but they've I think they do understand that I've needed to be me and find myself along the way. Yeah. Um, and they've been as supportive as they possibly could have been. I think it's uh, as well, Jazz. I think that you know the, the world is really changing now, isn't it? And job security it is not guaranteed the way that it, it previously was. And we're all going to be happier at, at what we're doing and more productive in what we're doing if we find something that really fits who we are in a sense. Um, so you know, you may be like one of the the early pioneers of it, but I think that's going to be the, the way forward for for people from now on and what you said about the fact that this is a book that can be read by multiple people um including parents i thought that was very interesting because obviously again you're, you're writing the book 
that your parents could, could have done with reading in terms of understanding the fact that people's creativity cannot be stifled or it can lead into all these different mental health issues? Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of... Uh, so many people, you know, later later in life or you know mm. I think a lot of um, a lot of women a lot of mothers who uh, you know your your kids become so much of your focus so much of your attention so much of your identity yeah and they you know get older and they leave the nest and uh, you know they then have that maybe then have the opportunity to um, to step into there to find to reconnect with themselves yeah. and to find themselves again and i'm really glad you mentioned the point about job security because um, i agree i i am of the belief that the um freelance entrepreneurial path mm. to me feels like the say the, the safest path um, I'm biased. It's very interesting I'm that. Biased. Yeah. But you know, I am. I, I said I was working in the fi- financial services. Um, you know, '07, um, Lehman Brothers, mm. the crash. People oh, yes. who'd been worked there for years and years, and had these, uh, you know, uh, pension pots or savings or what have you, were all of a sudden told, "Okay, so this has happened. Really sorry." Here's a box to pack your things and leave. Yeah, and I'm thinking, and it's usually leave within an hour or something, isn't it? And that, that, and and that just for me is like, is that is that job security? Mm. People who'd given their lives, yeah, and a, a, a real piece of themselves, hours, blood, sweat, tears, mm-hmm. soul. I'm thinking, hmm, is that job security? But they they were secure. They did, yeah. And quite, and and you can understand why. Mm, and that's the illusion. And that's that's a, an, another massive conversation. And we will continue it 